Culture time, culture time. This is a sign you can be mine. You can sing, you can paint, you can sculpt, you can make, you can write. You'll be right, that'll be fine. Oh, culture time. Okay, how people live in other countries is fascinating. Human beings like to know what's going on in other places. Listen, particular human being who lives in Ireland, his name is Stephen Howell, and I'm going to find out what kind of a life he lives in Ireland. So Stephen, Stephen Howell, Hello. just just as a little start, will you tell people how you and I met first? Uh, the first time I believe we met was on Twitter, so not in person, because we were following each other. And uh, occasionally your tweets would uh, be flagged back when I was an educator. Uh, students would say, oh, look what the, how this person's doing media and so on. We were both in the education space, even if we had Then we were at an event called Congregation. Cong is on the borders of County Galway and County Mayo in yes. the west of Ireland. There's a fabulous castle. Is it Ashford? Yes, yes. Ashford. Big fancy yes. castle, a fantastic hotel. Pierce Brosnan got married there, and another famous celebrity got married last week, but I have forgotten the name of that celebrity, so I'm not sure who it is. But I think the Kardashians were yeah. married somewhere else Quite earlier. Possibly, but I believe this guy was a golfer, very right. famous. Oh, that man who Rory. comes from Rory Somebody. Yes, Rory Somebody. Yeah, yeah. yeah Famous yeah. golfer Rory Somebody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, got married there recently. And it's a beautiful castle, but uh, I was invited to speak on the stage because it has its own private cinema. And as I stood up there, I, I thought, I've, I've yet to give a talk in a castle, but uh, it was also I'd yet to give a talk in a cinema. So I managed to do two at the same time. So that's how we met in person. And then the next day, Congregation's unusual conference that it takes place over an entire tiny little town and you switch sessions like you do at a normal conference but you might go spend half an hour in a bar what's the film that was made there the quiet man the quiet man with, with john wayne and maureen o'hara and as i'd never been to kong before because it's on exactly the opposite side of the island of ireland from me where i live so it was a bit of a trek to get to it but we we're really glad we did because i brought all of my four children and my wife and they had a wonderful time exploring because there's an old abbey there and you can go into the abbey and it's ruins of an abbey since the 14th century i got some amazing photographs which when i instagrammed and tweeted them people kept asking where is that and when i would tell them kong they would say like king kong I was saying, no, no, it's, it's an actual place. So the impression I have immediately, and other people will have too, is that you're a big social media person. Well, that's for two reasons. One is I don't do social media the way I imagine normal people do. So the way I, normal Irish people do it? The way normal anybody does it. Oh, tell us about that I'm one of the then. few people who's not on Facebook. I was on Facebook, but for various reasons I decided that it wasn't doing anything for me. I use Twitter to build what someone called Bernie Goldback, who the listeners may have heard, tell me to build a personal learning network that you can ask a question. He told me in 2009, Twitter's amazing because you can ask a question and people you've never met will answer you. So that's what I began using it for. And I got lots and lots of followers and they were all like me, they were teachers. Now, it can be a little bit of an echo chamber that you're hearing yourself or people with similar views to you. But that's okay because, you know, you're not necessarily going to Twitter as your news source. You're going to Twitter as and then Instagram for me was something that I only do, I don't have many followers and I don't look for them and I don't cross post. 
it's simply a place to keep photographs that I think look nice. That and I'm look, to share. let me ask you, in your normal daily life in Ireland, do you meet many people who are as connected as you? I would say everyone is more connected because I treat social media as a tool rather than as the sort of the, the, fo- the focal point or the anchor point of my life. So, so my wife is pretty amazing. She's, also, she's, she's different. She's an entrepreneur. She's also a techie. She's definitely a geek. But she would constantly communicate in multiple different Facebook groups with people who are facing similar struggles or experiences to her. So, for instance, autism and ADHD are two very big things. Because I have four children, I have two children who suffer from autism, high-functioning autism, ADHD. In fact, that's what I'm speaking about at this event that we're at. And I've been amazed by how much help she gets on Facebook groups where she, uh, Jack is having this issue, as I've experienced it. And someone in America or Sri Lanka will say, ah, yes, we had this problem and this is what we did. And she might not have met any of these people, but she knows them through Facebook. Whereas I don't have that that ability. I'm not linked in with these groups. I'm not talking to them. So I rely on her for that. However, it is my job. I have an unusual job. Um, it's a type of marketing, but it's technical marketing. So I show people how to code things. I'm a geek and I love doing technical code. So I will often promote the things I'm coding on on Twitter. It's very hard to do that on Facebook. So it's it to me, I'm not actually the most, I'm definitely not the most savvy social media user. I'm definitely not using it in what we would call a social way. Well, let me ask you, you may not be a social media user. Would you call yourself an internet user? Yes. I, when I went, I, I'm the last generation that went to secondary school. And I'm, uh, the internet was introduced and available to students in my university in the September that I went to university. So I did my leaving cert, which is like your final exams in secondary there was no such thing as the internet in this country. It was introduced in a particular university, which I happened to go to, and I was able to get access to it. And at first it was only email and then internet. And first years actually weren't required to have email. It didn't make sense. Why would they need it? So we didn't get it. And, and then halfway through the semester it was announced that even first years would have email, and there was much rejoicing. Internet was a very basic thing. It was basically just text pages. And you could do... you could. There was no wiki no, this is before Google. This is before websites were the way we see them now. It was very much just information with no way of verifying it that anyone might put up there. And it was mostly technical. And being a computer science student, I devoured all of it. And it was the... I, I do not... I do remember a time without the internet, but I am the last generation who did, could not possibly have had the internet in an Irish secondary school. You know, this could be the first chapter... Of a book which you'd write, or you'd get somebody to ghostwrite it for you, and it would be called My Digital Life. Did you say Dan Brown's available? I wonder if he is, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think I'll be writing any books uh, anytime soon. No, but we're talking about your digital life in Ireland, aren't we? Yes, well, I think Ireland is unusual in that it is still one of the few Western countries that it is very hard with any new service to expect. So if you can think of an amazing new that everyone has, and I'll, I'll pick on Uber, it's very hard to meet an, uh, say, an, an convince that you can't just get an Uber from where I live. That, that not only is Uber not available, that even if it were, there would be no Uber near me. 
And I was stunned. Two years ago, I was in Boston at the Scratch Conference in MIT. Uh, actually, it was one year ago. Uh, and I was amazed that I was in the middle of nowhere, some Boston suburb. I couldn't even tell you where I was. Attending a wake. And a so, wake? A wake. And That's when a, a dead person is yes. laid out in somebody's house overnight yes. and yes. people gather. And this was similar to an Irish wake, except it did not have the person's body. So they were having the entertainment without the person. Kind of a virtual wake. A virtual wake. The person had died, but was the body was not in present, like in an Irish wake where it would be. There, as we left, I didn't know how I was going to get back to my hotel, because I didn't know where I was. And neither did anyone else, but they weren't worried because they just pressed one button and an Uber car, it may not have been Uber, but one of those services pulled up within two minutes. Now, that to me was astonishing. And before you think how primitive they must be in Ireland, I think the challenge is that we're aware of these services, but we also know that it is very unlikely they will be offered, especially in a rural area. And that's where my big challenge, an average Irish person now for the first time lives in Dublin, Cork, Galway. As in that, we have just hit the point where there are more people in the cities than there are in the countryside. Oh, right. right. Yeah. Now, you would count Clonmel as countryside? I would. Because From this point, this definition. Yes. Right, OK, OK. And Drogheda and Dundalk, which are two large towns in County Loud, are where rural. I live, are large, large, large towns, yes. but neither are classed as cities, even though in most countries they would have a shot at it, simply by the standards we use for declaring the city. Now, OK. If you are in these areas, there are still life is very much non-digital, except for finding out what events are. So Facebook is a great way to tell people what events are on, but you will not need it except to find out. There is no way to summon a taxi to come get you if you live outside one of the few cities where that service exists. So it becomes quite challenging when people tell you about these amazing apps that you can click a button and have a pizza right. No pizza comes to where I live in the countryside. And when I have friends from Dublin staying with me, and even though Dublin is not as big as, say, New York, but they would say, well, we call for a, a takeout, or a takeaway, as we would call it here. There, there is no one who will deliver to me, and I live one mile outside. The, the nearest town has only 5,000 people in it, and it has two or three you know, fast food outlets. will do not deliver as far as I So it means that a lot of people would consider to get more public transport, oh. regardless of the... I, when I was, I was a little boy, the train stopped in... I live one mile outside the village. You could cycle very easily to it. The train stopped. Because of the lack of demand back in the bad times in the 1980s in Ireland, the train stopped in 1984, picking up passengers in my village. It has never reopened. So there's no train service. The train runs by my house, more or less, but I can't get it. The closest train service is either 13 miles north or 8 miles south, and there's very little park. Bus service does go by. If it is not already full, it will stop for you. But you don't know if it will be full. If it does stop for you, it is a very long journey to get to Dublin. So people, people who have good public transport criticise rural dwellers and bad for the environment. I don't see any... Now, I've never ever drank and drive, and if I did, I would be put off the road for good reason. I probably wouldn't be able to work, because if my job required me going to a place of work, I can't get there easily. Well, not without, say, a three-hour commute, because the type of job I have would probably involve working in Dublin. So we're very centralised, yet 
we wonder why there are no services outside where people live. Well, my goodness, look, if you were writing a book, and I know you said you weren't, and you probably would say to yourself, look, I won't, or whatever like that, but if you were to write, write a book and you wanted to put in the first uh, chapter of the book, or else in the last chapter of the book, if you wanted to put down, here are the three things I, uh, I'd like to tell you about Ireland, three bullet points about Ireland. Now, you have a lot of experience of Ireland, you've, you know, and you've also gone to other countries, haven't you? Mm -hmm. So you do have the ability, at least, to compare and contrast. But I'm only looking, we haven't got time now for more than the bullet points. So I'm uh, wondering, what three bullet points would you have in your, uh, you know, introducing Ireland? I used to be a tour guide in a place called Monasterbrook, which is near Newgrave. It's a student job. I would highly recommend that you consider visiting Ireland. Do not believe the traditional cultural stereotypes that people will who have not been here. It is most welcoming. Avoid the touristy spots where you won't find any Irish people and embrace going off the beaten and discovering what's out there. A little place like Monaster Boyce, you will get a free tour of high crosses that were carved and it's the original cross still out in the ring where Irish people learned about Christianity. Fantastic. Many people are afraid to do that. Great. Now, I imagine you're designing an overhead projector slide, right? The last two have to be that short. There can't be a story because we won't have... It'll be great, but I won't be able to uh, share it with other people. So the, the, the other two points on the, uh, on the slide would be about Ireland. What would they be? Number one is Ireland is very welcoming. If you want to see both the Star Wars Island, uh, Skellig Michael, and the Game of Thrones tour, be aware they're on the opposite sides of the Ireland. <laughs> okay, that's point two, point two, and it's a long way between points in Ireland, okay, and point three, even shorter. There are so many hidden gems. Don't just go to the Book of Kells. Go to all the other things around the Book of Kells as well. Stephen Howell, you're a master storyteller. Thank you very much. Join us every single day of the week on Wave Radio, your most empathic internet radio station.